you, Larry. Hey, this is all the mail for today. Oh my gosh. All, that's just from today? Yeah, it's a lot of mail. Holy smokes. I mean, look at that. I mean, I got all this stuff from last week over here too, Bob. Oh, wow, that is a lot. It's piling up. I, I got to do something about that. It, oh, shoot. I got a show to start, so I got to go. Well, have a lot of fun. We'll talk tomorrow. Okay, Bob. Bye. Sorry, guys. I was just talking to my mailman, Bob, because, uh, well, I'll, I'll explain later. We got to start the show. Uh, welcome to The Plop. Uh, it's me, your host, Larry Dobbs, and uh, I just received a bunch of mail. <laughs> yeah, my, my mail carrier, Bob, great guy, uh, dropped off just a huge pile of letters. And, and it's that's not all the letters I have. I mean, I've, I've got a ton here that have just been collecting for weeks, so... I'm going to read your mail, because that's what all this stuff is. It's letters from you, my listeners. So I'm just going to do it, because there's a lot of them here. There's got to be thousands of them here. So hold on. Let me just randomly pull out a letter. Oh, this is nice. It's a nice full scalp that it's written on. Now, this one comes from listener Allison Kelly. Well, hi, Allison. And it reads, Dear Larry, I love the show. If you were to open a store, what would you sell? Oh, oh, wow. That's a great question. Well, you know what? My store's going to be a t-shirt shop. Yep, you got it. And on every single t-shirt, it'd just be the same design. It'd just say, The Plop. It'd be called Plop Tees, One Size Fits All, One Design, The Plop, and every tee would be $7 because that's a reasonable price. Anyways, what what store would you open if you could open any store? That's, that's a great question, Allison. Uh, you guys think about that while you listen to this first audio curio. <laughs> Good morning, Jay. Sit down. I'm making breakfast. Hey, hon. Here's your coffee. Now, why don't you grab the calendar and see what's on the list for the next couple weeks while I finish up the eggs? Anything interesting? I really can't believe it's already January. Viv's birthday is next week. Ah, oh, of course. Wow. Time flies. And our little monkey's turning ten. What should we do for the party? Hmm. Oh, I've got the perfect idea to ring in the double digits. Okay, what? Aquarium? No, better. Bounce house in the backyard, bounce house in the front yard. You're not even trying to think of a good idea, are you? Car wash. Huh? Mm, sorry. Let me swallow my toast. I said car wash. Okay, what about it? We take our daughter to the car wash for her birthday. I'm a little surprised you didn't suggest it yourself. Ethan, is the car wash the name of a pizza parlor that I've missed? Um, no. If it was, that would really disappoint everyone looking for a car wash. Uh, sweetie, could you pass the coffee creamer? Okay. Maybe just walk me through what you're imagining. Okay, picture this. It's 10 a.m. We wake Vivian up. Big hugs, a song, maybe a cupcake with a candle. Sounds fun so far. And then we get in the van. We drive all the way to 6th and Wayne. We pull up. They tell us to disable the windshield wipers and put the car in neutral. Then the fun starts. Step one, a thick layer of soap. 
And now you've lost me. Well, obviously you'd be lost if they stopped at the soap, hon. But don't worry, they rinse it off. And of course, they have that giant mop and the ultra jet speed car dryer. And that's it. The car was dirty. Now it's clean. Happy birthday, Vivian. That is not a birthday party. (sighs) Okay. Maybe I'm old-fashioned, but I can't think of a more beautiful way to spend time with your kid than taking her to the car wash. Ethan, when I'm not home, do you even talk to our daughter? Of course I do. I love her more than anything. She's my entire world, and that is why we will pay extra for the wax upgrade at the end. I can't believe you'd even ask me that. (sighs) Okay, honey. If you really don't think it's enough... We could add a bit more to the day. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, we could go next door and ask the Carusos to borrow their Prius. Then we take that to a different car wash and compare the work side by side. Oh, man, I'm working up more of an appetite just by thinking about it. (laughs) Yeah, I can see the invites now. Hey, kids, come to Vivian Radcliffe's 10th birthday bash. The theme is errands. Jay, I love you, but you better watch your tone when you talk about the car wash. This is ridiculous. Vivian, can you come here? Hi, Dad. Hey, Monkey. What do you want to do for your birthday next week? Uh, can we go to the zoo? Yes! Yes! Thank you! Dad here wanted to take you to the car wash. Oh, that's a way better idea. See? What did I tell you? Like father, like daughter. Come here, Viv. Let me get you some juice. You want toast with jam or eggs, honey? I need to lie down. Right, that was great. I really enjoyed listening to that, and I'll tell you what else I'm enjoying: uh, going through my listener mail. Uh, that's right, that's what I'm doing. I've just been looking through all these letters that you guys have sent in, and there's some great ones in here. Uh, but but this is a letter that I'm excited about. It's got my my creative juices flowing. It's from Anastasia McPherson, and she writes. Hello, Larry. I'm a huge fan of the plop. And I was wondering, how would you design a treehouse? Oh, my gosh. I've been waiting for someone to ask me this question for years. Think about this. You've got a beautiful big old oak tree. You climb up a ladder. There's a little treehouse up there. But then attached to it is an Olympic swimming pool. Anyways, let's get on with the show, because I've got a great episode I'm about to play of a show called Anything Can Be Art. <laughs> let's take a listen. Welcome. You are listening to the Anything Can Be Art self-guided audio tour. We are pleased to offer this new interactive experience that will take you, the listener, through a guided tour of artworks that exist in our mundane, everyday lives, proving to the world that almost anything can be art, if we say it is. Item number 23 is by Lubomir Vizdogsky. In this intensely personal work, Lubomir bravely combines a sticky candy with a piece of furniture and calls it Gum Under Desk. Curator Jessica Anders. Here we have a wad of gum, in vibrant pink, plastered haphazardly on the nether regions of a wooden desk. And yet, there seems to be something quite deliberate about it. Lubomir is boldly making us look under the desk, and so there's an innate danger associated with this work. I mean, if I'm going to find gum down there, 
<laughs> then what else am I going to find? My mind naturally goes to boogers. Fancy schmancy art dealer Barbara Flounder. You have to understand that before Lubomir, no one would even consider putting their gum under their desk. <laughs> I mean, some had certainly swallowed it. Sure, who hasn't? Stuck it behind their ear. Yes, I've done that. Collected all the gum from the week and made a giant gumball or what have you. Yes, there's pictures. But under the desk? No. No, never. He was a trailblazer in the types of things people put under, well, other things. However, like every famous work of art, gum under desk has not been immune to growing controversy. Peter Clipboard. There are many in the art community who believe that the piece is a fake. The original work was thought to have been destroyed when Mrs. Melanson caught Lubomir in the act of the gum sticking during a math quiz and forced him to scrape the underbellies of all of the desks in his fourth grade class. But even if what we have today is a recreation of the original, it surely is a seminal work and worthy to be discussed. Or at the very least to be disgusted by, because, you know, it, it really is gross. I mean, there's hairs in it, I think. Up next, item number 24, unflushed toilet. Is it a hot mess or a work of art? I'm telling you, it really is a work of art. And not just any art. Art Kaplinsky? <laughs> that guy never flushes. <laughs> wow, that's, that really makes you think, doesn't it? You know, I mean, just... How much immediately around me could actually be in a museum? I mean, all sorts of stuff. Okay, this comes from Lindsay and Kip McMillan. It reads, Dear Larry, love the show. We're plop heads. Pretend you are a chef and tell me about your restaurant. What kind of foods would be on your menu? Okay, great question. And I'll tell you what, I'd keep my menu pretty small, you know. I mean, just a couple things, really. Hot dogs, gotta have them. Pizza, gonna do it. And sandwiches. I mean, that's a perfect trio of things on your menu. Well, well, and of course, sushi. You gotta have that. People like sushi. So I'd do that. So just those four things. Well, and soup. You're not gonna have sushi without soup. You know, you gotta have the hot and the cold. So, uh, but let's keep going with the show, should we? Uh, if you are somebody that likes apps, then you're gonna like this next piece because it's an ad about apps. An app ad. Let's give it a listen. Last summer, you made Make America Drink, the most popular augmented reality app in the Apple Store. Now, ARU Ready is backed with new apps for the whole family. You can't stop your parents from trying to get into your TikTok videos. With their celebrity face swap filter, they'll be less embarrassing. Honey, show me how to turn on this little Nas X filter. We can do a TikTok routine to Old Town Road, huh? Can't nobody tell me nothing. <laughs> That's fun. Okay, maybe more embarrassing. With the parent override option, you can select which celebrity face swaps they're allowed to use around you. The name is Pink Sweats? I should put out a mixtape and be called Coffee Sweats. Hey, parents, are your kids adding celebrities that you don't know? All the time. I just found out One Direction broke up years ago after spending a month learning each of their names. Why, Zane? 
Get the Celebrity Face Swap Explainer app. It'll pop up facts about why a celebrity is famous, a quote from their Insta, and whether it is cool for parents to talk about them. Default setting is no. Download the Pet Face Swap and give your house pets a companion. Change your face to match your Golden Doodle or Dashawawa. Become twins with your short hair, marmalade, tuxedo kitty. Or put the filter on random and take your chances. Wow! Awesome! Uh-oh. Pet Face Swap also comes with a voice changer to transform your voice into theirs. Barks, mews, wolf howls, and lion roars. Hey, are you ready? Augmenting reality to make this one better. Well, I hope you're enjoying the show as much as I am, because I'll tell you what, guys, I'm having a blast today. Thanks to all those listeners who've been writing these letters. This is so cool. Um, Anyways, I got another great one here, and this one comes from Charles Ford Beasley Hammond. Dear Larry, I love the plop. Haven't missed an episode yet. Good job, Charles. And here's my question for you, Larry. What is your favorite question? Ooh. Ooh, that's a good one. I mean, that's almost my favorite question. Actually, I know exactly what my favorite question is. So, Charles Ford Beasley Hammond, I'll turn it back on you. My favorite question is, if you could make up a new holiday, what would it be? I mean, I don't know. I just, I love that question. I just haven't a clue what the answer would be. But maybe you do, so what would it be? That's that's kind of a cool one. Anyways, that's my favorite question. And I'll tell you what, one of my favorite things to listen to is what we're going to listen to next. Because it's another episode of Edna and Maroon. Edna. Nice to see you here. Oh, hello again, Maroon. Nice day to be at the beach now. Yes, Maroon, it is. Looks like you've been upgraded to life as an everyday towel, Edna. No. Yes, Maroon, it looks like it. Looks like after that sauna session the other night, the family decided to keep you out and about. Out and about. In regular rotation. In regular rotation. Have you ever been to the beach before, Edna? No, this is my first time, Maroon. Oh, how novel. Your first time at the beach. Yes, Maroon, I know. Can you keep a secret? Yes. Don't you be telling any of the other towels either. I won't. Well, you can tell the dish rags. No one believes in them anyway. All right, I'll tell the dish rags. I don't like when my back gets completely covered in granules. There, I said it. Mm. Dust, dust, dust. Dusty. Oh, yeah. Sometimes hermit crabs as well, trying to burrow down into the darkness behind me, Mm -hmm. behind my back, Mm -hmm. trying to party with long-lost clams. Well, there are no clams here. Stop making claims, Edna. I wonder what's out there. 
Where, Edna? Out in the blue. You'll never know, so drop that dream like a hot yam. What if one of them were to grab me and wrap me around their waist and wade out into the water? Perhaps a bit of me would dip down and see that wonderful world beneath the waves. Don't wish for things that won't come true, Edna. A human taking a dry towel into the water is unheard of, never before seen. Idiotic! But one can dream, Maroon! Aren't we starting to think of bridges bigger than our current pantaloons? I don't understand your highfalutin sayings, Maroon. First, you come out from the depths of the linen closet like a leper, and next you're dreaming about reaching for the starfish, donning pearl tiaras blessed by the hands of Poseidon himself. I don't have the forehead for a tiara, Maroon. I can see that clearly, Edna. I'm a towel just like you. You and I are nothing alike. My blend is Egyptian, Edna. You can't even compare. We are cut from a different cloth. A different cloth entirely. Fine. But don't forget, Maroon. What, Edna? You and I will henceforth be washed together in the same load, in the same washing machine. So? We'll be splashed and splished together in the same sloppy, soapy slurry. And? You'll just have to get used to me. No, I can't associate with towels of your caliber all the day today. I have a reputation to uphold. I have hems that must not fray. It's not your say, Maroon. No, Edna, stop! You're stuck with me now, whether you like it or not. All right, Edna. No need to fight. We are at the beach after all. Before you know it, I'll be top towel and your crown of Egypt will be on my brow. Just relax. Enjoy your first day at the beach. I will, Maroon. But never forget that I'm watching you. I'm just one shelf away from the throne. I know, Edna. I know. Oh, man. I'll tell you what, guys. I've been reading a lot of these letters. I mean, you've been hearing me all show long. I'm not even halfway through this pile. I mean, there's just so many great letters, and I'd love to read all of them, but we don't have time. So I'm just going to quickly buzz through a couple here. Now, this uh, here's something that came in from Shannon Lankanow, and it's this is beautiful. It's just a life-sized picture of my face. I mean, it's it's perfect. And then now this is confusing because this is something that came from Sophie Sayas, and it's just a well, it's a big, soggy red envelope that smells like strawberry, and then inside is just a popsicle stick. And then finally, uh, here's one that's come from Oliver and Keir Anderson, and and this is I love this question: What is the world's best joke? <laughs> I don't know, you know, I mean, that's, that's a tough question, but I do have a piece of audio that might help answer it. Let's listen to this, guys. Good evening, listeners. This is Professor Jeremy Hootanani with this year's winner of Joke of the Year. I'll read out the top five nominees for Jokes of the Year and then determine scientifically which one is the best, the funniest. After all, I'm a professor of comedy. For a joke to work, it needs to catch the audience by surprise. You need to build up tension in the audience and then release that tension. 
which produces a physiological response, ha ha ha, called laughter. Now, personally, I've never laughed in my life at a joke, but I do know what is funny, which is why I'm the perfect person to scientifically adjudicate the joke of the year. Here are the nominees. Where do naughty rainbows go? Prism. Ah, you see, that's funny because it was a a naughty rainbow, not not a well-behaved rainbow, and it went not to prison or jail, prison, but to prism, which is a very funny joke because a prism, P-R-I-S-M, is a transparent solid body often having triangular bases used for dispersing white light into a spectrum or rainbow. Good joke. Well nominated. Um, Let's see how the next one fares. My bike won't stand on its own. It's too tired. Oh, you see? It's too tired. It has two tires. Also sounds like, oh, it's exhausted. It can't stand on its own. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very funny. Very good. Next. What smells like feet and tastes like fish? Shoo-she. Oh, yes, that is funny. You see, it's a play on words. It should be sushi, right? But it smells like feet, which go in shoes, so shoo-she. That is a very, very good joke. I approve. <clears throat> Next. What do you call a cow in an earthquake? A milkshake. That's, that's good comedy right there. Caught me off guard. Next. Um, <clears throat> all right. Our final nominee is What's Brown and Sticky? Now, I thought I told the judges no dirty jokes, no jokes about farts, no cutting the cheese, no toots. Don't they know? Jokes are about the element of surprise. That's how comedy works. Fine, fine, I'll read it, fine, I'll read it. Again, what's brown and sticky? The answer is... A stick. (laughs) A stick. It's brown and sticky. It's stick-like. It's like a stick. It's sticky. It's a stick. Oh, that's quite delightful. What is this strange feeling I have? Is that... Am I laughing? Oh my, I think that's the first laugh I've ever actually had. We have a winner. What's brown and sticky? A stick. Congratulations to the joke of the year. (laughs) You've done something no joke has ever been able to make me do before. Laugh. Ah, Good stuff. Those are some good jokes in there. I mean, I guess. I don't know. I'm not the pro. (laughs) If those are the good jokes, those are the good jokes. I guess that's what that is. Anyways, guys, that's the show. I hope you had a great time. I did. I loved it. Going through all these listener letters. I mean, that was cool. And I even found a gas bill. So that's good because I got to pay that. Anyways, I got time for one more letter. So let me just reach deep into the pile This one comes from Jesse Barker, like that name, and it reads, Dear Larry, you shout a lot. You ever think about whispering? Huh. 
I guess I could. I guess I could whisper, sure, I could whisper. That's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna close the show today with a whisper. Thanks for listening, guys. And we'll see you next week for another episode of The Plop. Sorry, had to do it, guys. Can't whisper that. That's the name of the show. The Plop. Have a great week, guys. Oh, Jesse. That's a great question, though. I could do that. Maybe a whole show of just whispers. It's not bad. I don't know. Be kind of quiet. Might put people to sleep. <laughs> I might go to sleep. If I'm whispering the whole show, I might go to sleep. Plop is hosted and produced by Peter Oldring. Also produced by Pat Kelly, Jody Camilleri, Chris Redman, Dave Shumka, Max Collins, and Chris Kelly. Creative advisors for The Plop, Ali Eisner and Ryan McMahon. The Car Wash is written and directed by Lisa Franklin. Performances by Christopher Redman. Anything Can Be Art is written and performed by Matt Barham and Naomi Snikas. ARU Ready is written and performed by Velvet Wells. Additional voices by Max Collins and Peter Oldring. Edna and Maroon, A Day at the Beach, is written and performed by Ingrid Hansen and Victor Dolhai from Snafu Dance. Best Joke in the World is written and performed by Chris Redman. This week's episode is brought to you by our good friends, Allison Kelly, Anastasia McPherson, Charles Ford Beasley Hammond, Ethan Latour, Jesse at the Nord Group, Jessica Radish Anders, Lindsay and Kip McMillan, Aaron Stog Lubo, Oliver and Kier Anderson, Paul Tedeschini, Shannon D. Lankenau, Sophia Sayas, and Vivian Radcliffe. The Plop is a Kelly and Kelly production, proudly crowdfunded on Seed and Spark. Mm-hmm.